Hey folks, this is Adam Mock from Major Watcher Podcast with a quick call to action in case you guys ever want to drop us a line, get a hold of us, and just become friends. We'd love to have you. So our email is feedback at majorwatcherpodcast.com. Easy as that. Our Twitter is Watch, Just as easy. I'm at ad underscore mock. Mel's at spoopity boop. S-P-O-O-P-I-T-Y-B-O-O-P. On Instagram, Podcast. Mel is Mel dot O H H dot dramatic. So Mel O dramatic. And I'm mock underscore Adam. We also have a TikTok channel called Major Watch a Podcast. And we also have a YouTube channel called Major Watch a Podcast. It's easy as that. So drop us a line, give us a request, talk to us. We'd love to hear from our fans, and we really love you guys. You've been wonderful. And we can't wait to hear from you. So until then, I've been Adam Mock, and we're going to start the show. Quick, testy test, test. Quick test, real quick. Cusco, Cusco, syphilis, syphilis. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to start this one. <laughs> I'm Adam Mock, a 40-something-year-old film critic, and I have a feeling I'm going to like this one. I'm Melanie Weir, a uh, 27-year-old writer, and I I have I, I also have a feeling that you will like this one. Sam? I'm Sam. <laughs> she forgot she was and here. Sam <laughs> I forgot I was here, but let's get into it, because I love this one. <laughs> Sam has facts. <laughs> I've got the T for this one. Oh, man. We're about to make you watch. A podcast. Welcome back to Made You Watch, a podcast, and today on the show was Melanie's turn to recommend to me, and what did you bring to the table there, Mel? I brought The Emperor's New Groove to the table. Ooh, from 2000. Starring, so from the year 2000, yes. Starring David Spade and... John Goodman. Thank you, John Goodman. I was about to say Babe Ruth, and that's not <laughs> right. <laughs> the ba- He played Babe Ruth. He did. Oh. He played he in the movie The Babe. Oh, he's quite good in that, actually. Air conditioning repair principle. (laughs) What in Community? Oh, I, I have to rewatch Community. I've only seen it through once. You oh, I love it. I love except for the Yahoo years. I love it, but I just I've never I never went back to it because I just have too much stuff to like. After the Yahoo years, you really don't want to go back to it after a while. For a while, God, have you seen Have you seen Joel McHale's new show? It's Oh, I was animal control. I kept seeing commercials for it. It's, I was like, "This looks like a Thirty Rock gag." It's it sh- it should be canceled by now. Yikes. I'm looking at my watch. I think it might be canceled by. Or Joel McHale just really can't. Pick my girlfriend projects. and I got through five minutes and Does nothing happens. Yeah, like, there's no jokes. Him. There's no jokes except for him or his. He's agent, making jokes. Or uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> It's it's a bad show. Somebody is either not handing him good scripts or putting him in the wrong ones. Or... He just needs another talk show. Yeah, I love his talk. He's show. a brilliant talk show host. He's he's a sarcastic Conan. I, I think the reason that he worked as Jeff is that he makes a good talk show host. Because Community was really a very singular sitcom. I mean, did you ever watch The Soup when he was a host of that? No. They used to show clips from reality shows, and he hosted it, and he was. Absolutely. That's where you got to start. That's why everyone talked about the soup you like would, that. You would have loved the soup. If I were a little older, I probably would have You would have adored it. It was great. But we're not here to talk about Joel McHale's career. We're here to talk about the <laughs> Disney's The Emperor's New Groove. So I'm just going to, we're just going to uh, play the trailer for you and yes. we'll be right back. We're about to go to a, go over a huge waterfall, aren't we? Big yep. rocks at the bottom. Oh yeah. Bring it Bring on. It on. <laughs> Booyah! 
carved into my brain for they, all of they eternity. Played it, oh, oh my god! Literally did they play that? every movie I went to see that year, and in two thousand, <laughs> I was five. I went to a lot of movies. Can I play the trailer now? <laughs> I was doing it while, like, it, 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 you were hypothetically playing the trailer. Long ago, in a faraway land, there was a prosperous kingdom ruled by a young emperor. Ha! Boom, baby! He had a serious attitude. You threw off my groove. I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the emperor's groove. An evil advisor. By the way, you're fired. I'll take over and rule the empire. And one major problem. I'll just poison him with this. Uh. Hey, Kronk, can you top me off, pal? Be a friend? <laughs> a llama? He's supposed to be dead! Yeah, weird. Take him out of town and finish the job. Now, his only hope is a humble peasant. Demon llama! Demon llama? Where? You kidnapped me! Why would I kidnap a llama? You're the criminal mastermind, not me. What? Tell me Cusco's dead. Ow! Well, he's not as dead as we would have hoped. Uh-oh. No touchy. Why did I risk my life for a selfish brat like you? Now I feel really bad. Bad llama. Ooh. Why me? The Emperor's got a new look. A new partner. We're gonna have to work together to get out of this. You know, it's a good thing you're not a big fat guy, or this would be really difficult. <laughs> and a brand new groove. Come <laughs> Walt Disney Pictures presents <laughs> The Emperor's New Groove. Uh-oh. Don't tell me. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. Booyah! And we're back. Oh man. Let me I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> say it. I love this damn movie. Yes, I, I knew you would. I, I'm just gonna say it. I love this movie. It's it's what I want from Disney movies. Oh, which is such a shame. Because they don't you're about to hear. They don't give me this anymore. This is Every brilliant, this is every brilliant moment in Aladdin. Adam, this is every funny is. moment in The Lion King. This is, it's everything. I, it's just constant comic relief. It's constant sight gags. It's letting your actors just go ham on everything. And it's absolute genius. Let me tell you why. Let's get into this. It is because. Because I literally know nothing. The movie that you saw mm -hmm. was made in a year. By locking David Spade and John Goodman, and I think these men involved at that point. Yeah, Eartha Kitt was always Eartha Kitt and one other person. Warburton. I don't, I don't actually think Warburton was in the writing room. No, Warburton wasn't in the writing room. I don't think. No. I oh wait, that's my mom. The writing no, room. They would just be handed like the lines, like day of. Yes, and then they were in. Not even. Yeah, and then they would be in the recording booth, and they would just like they they were doing improv. Yeah. So, so they wrote it? Yeah. And the reason you're comparing it to all those movies is because those are some of Disney's most famous, like, improv performers. You were, Robin Williams improved so much. Oh, I know he did. They let him, yeah. they let him go off and so then like, they just animated around all that. That's what you love. The reason you loved this movie is because the entire film was improvised comedy. I'm not exaggerating. Sam, take it away. So there's no script for this movie. 
It's um, not on file. There was essentially what happened was this movie kept getting changed so much, but they kept they had a certain release date that Disney wanted that they refused to budge on. Okay. Sound familiar? <laughs> so as the date kept getting closer and closer, they would just keep throwing shit at the wall and see what would stick. So they'd be in the writer's room, spinning around on chairs, racing each other on chairs, come up with like that day's zany plot idea, hand it off to whatever booth the voice actors were in. They would record improv a little, and then the movie would just go from there. That by the time it was over, and one of the interns for the archive department came around and asked for a copy of this script for archival purposes, the director looked at her and was like, we don't have one. And she said, well, you have to give me something. (laughs) So they just, for two weeks, like a bunch of low men on the totem pole were just like, grabbing shit together like all the like scraps of paper that like notes were written on and trying to compile it into like an actual formatable (laughs) script that they could just hand off to the department it's like how i wrote my novel (laughs) it's like how charlie wrote his musical in a way just like the like torn apart that poor archivist of artemis making a musical out of that that's hilarious wow disney said at the end of this project because i think eisner was president at the time and he said oh we will never make a movie like this again they came, he said that verbatim. They came, they came close with Lilo and Stitch. No. I, I only mean in terms of going wacky and not not having music that's not diegetic. Sure. Yes. But I think he was also talking about the process. Oh, okay. Which means they will never make a movie like this again. Cowards! That's, that is what everybody our age thinks. It's what I think, and I've been saying it for years, because I, if I have to watch one more live-action version of something I liked, I'm going to throw up that Wendy and Peter movie looks da-da-da-dumb. Like, look at me, look <laughs> at me, Disney. If you need to make a separate studio for it, then fine. But please let somebody do wacky experimental shit again. Some, if you're going to gobble yeah. up all the other companies, you at least owe that to us. I mean, I... See, I'm looking at it, it says there's ten writers on this, and not one of them is John Goodman or David Spade. No, but they should be credited as writers so because all of the good lines They were, were just, just riffing. Maybe not all of the good lines. I don't want to discredit the writers, but they riffed a lot. That's awesome. That's I miss projects that just go for it and don't know what the hell they have until they're like at the end. You know, I mean, it, it, and it just, it evolves into something so different. Yes, it's uh, great. So this was supposed to be a film, a very serious film with like real sad music about like didn't the it. Aztec Empire or something. Y- y- yeah, y- it, it, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, it was originally the director of The Lion King. Disney was looking to get into telling more cultural stories. Well, okay, that's um, good. So he was looking to tell um, from the Mayan, Aztec and Inca with like a special emphasis on the Incan Empire, um, their history. Um, so it's supposed to start out like that and like kind of take from their culture and like, um, Yzma was supposed to like something with like stealing the sun so that she could become like the God, like the sun goddess of the world. And then as the story went along, they brought on a different director and essentially made them compete with each other. And the Zanier story is the one that won out because the original um, vision was getting too, it was getting too expansive. I I just love the 
the fact that even the character design matches the tone of the movie. That's true. It really does. I mean, it's Eartha very Kitt. Very pointy and jagged. Eartha Kitt is, is literally a gremlin in this movie. <laughs> she She's bald. She, she's got the crazy eyelashes and she's completely insane, it's darling. It's no business of mine whether your people have, what was it again? Food. <laughs> yeah, you should have thought of that before you became peasants. I don't even like your spinach puffs, crack. <laughs> I love this movie. It's so stupid. Um, oh, she's going down. Was who were the animators for this? Like, what did they work on anything else? Because it looks very similar. Like, if you look at like the fingernails, they're all like that Hercules style, or it has, it's like almost a triangle instead of like a square. I don't. There's know a lot of like one. Hercules. You see, like the crook of his arm is like a swirl. Well, that was done very specifically to mimic Greek styling. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just wondering if that's who the animators were. This has a very similar style. Like even the llama, his his lip expression. <laughs> he's he's crying is the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I and you hate him. And it was even more brilliant to bring in David Spade. I know. And I, there's a movie I'm going to recommend to you called PCU. I want to show you one time. And it's about a bunch of college kids in the 90s who protest everything. And that's why they call it PCU. Uh. And there's this one, like, animal house that's all, you know, men, women, everything. They all live in this one gross, like, frat-type place. A sticky place. And they're, they're, oh, they're anti-protests. They just <laughs> want to have fun in college again. And David Spade plays the yuppie scumbag. He's brilliant in it. And he plays a yuppie scumbag in everything he's in. And he really brings it to, to this character of uh, Cusco. Um, Cusco's so- often called an unofficial Disney princess also for being so dramatic, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's really funny. So the premise of this movie is, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Cusco is a big brat who is the emperor of the Incans yep. in Peru, and he just thinks the world revol- literally revolves around him. Everything has to do with him. Theme if, song. If he's not Cusco, oh. that's his name. Oh, my God. Tom Jones is singing <laughs> the theme song to this movie. As written by Sting. Uh, it. What was that about? This <laughs> do, we wanna, do we want to get into that? Because now? I saw lyrics by Sting, and the only Sting I heard was that really crappy song during the credits, <laughs> which was awful. I fast forward. I was like, I can't listen to this song. This is- I, that always confused me. We'd be watching, and all of a sudden, this sad, sad song would come on, and I'd be like, This isn't even like the '90s remixes. This is just what is this? It's like when you'd watch a comedy in the '80s, and then they play like a love ballad at the end, and you're like, Why are you playing? Oh, we have a new artist who we just had to get out there. So we threw it on the soundtrack figure we can hide him in the credits you know so what's this whole sting thing so back when the movie was supposed to be much more serious and okay. grounded and about like a simple llama herder and a priest a priestess who wanted to steal the sun sting was brought on to write the soundtrack and he wrote i think most of what he had planned um as existing songs was it um, all on a loop yeah, so they so he wrote all, like all this music for them, um, and a large part of it was because they had just come off the Lion King, Elton John, um, huge success for them um, in terms of music record sales. So they figured, oh, Sting is out of the police right now. He's looking for something to do. We'll bring him onto this. Disney movie. copying their own blueprint? <laughs> oh, I won't hear of it. Um, and a further interesting thing about um, Sting coming on board is his wife Trudy decided early on 
it would be very interesting to make a documentary about what it's like to make a film with Disney. So <laughs> she brought her own filmmaker into the studio with them who filmed all this and they made it and produced a documentary called the sweat box that to this day disney does not want release it'll occasionally pop up i've never <sighs> been able to find it sometimes it pops up on youtube and torrent sites and then like it'll be under the radar for a little bit and then some little disney gremlin will find it and shoot it down i'm unemployed i'll find it <laughs> I got nothing else to do. Please, <laughs> no. I, I need to watch this movie because it's apparently it's just. We'll watch it for your birthday <laughs> next year. <laughs> it's just it's so apparently just like awkward, but also real. Like it just shows you it's just too realistic as to what the fuck went wrong. That's great. They, as they got goofier and goofier, like it became less and less of a musical because they were like doing all this ad lib stuff. So they kind of pulled the rug from under Sting. They were like, okay, none of your songs are really in the movie anymore. So he's furious because he's like, I put all this work into it. This was like a that year of suck. my life. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. That, that I feel bad for Sting, but I'm very happy because I'm, I don't really like solo Sting work. So Sting I'm kind of cool in with the police. I don't feel that yeah. bad for Sting. <laughs> Sting's doing just, Sting was just on um, only murders in the building. Sting's doing just fine. <laughs> like as an unemployed artist. Oh, boo hoo you worked really hard on something that never saw the light of day you were still in a band and he's a master of tantric sex evidently so he's calm all the time <laughs> what <laughs> oh yeah just look up sting tantric sex i don't think i will he, he used to talk about it all he he would say he could have could be apocryphal that he could have sex for like eight hours or some crazy number like that. I don't want to do by that. just like redirecting his energy. We're talking about a kid. Kind of we're talking about a kids fan. film. <laughs> I love this. So this movie is about Cusco, played by David Spade. He's a brat uh, emperor who is just making everyone's life a living hell for his own personal gain because he doesn't know no good. He doesn't know better. People have just you been told off my groove. <laughs> that that was funny. We're sorry, but you've thrown off the emperor's groove. The, was that Piglet? I think so. The, the little old man that he throws out the window for throwing off his it groove. It sounded like Piglet I to me. Because he's got that kind of like very high pitched voice. Boo. And I was just like, I Pooh characters. I always love because they speak from the back of their throat. <laughs> like even Winnie the Pooh is just like, oh, ball. it's very like airy. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they usually get Jim Cummings in on every movie to do something. I wouldn't be surprised if Piglet was in there for a little bit. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> so the movie stars John Goodman also, Eartha Kitt, Patrick Warburton. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, crunk. <laughs> I And Wendy Malick are probably the biggest names in this movie, I would say, besides Tom Jones singing. <laughs> so wh wh how, the, how did Tom Jones get involved? <laughs> we never got to yeah. talk to did he it? just show up I and was just like i just want to be in a disney movie baby that's my tom jones i don't know how the hell he talks I, i'm trying to find <laughs> is he drawn accurately is that what he looks like no tom jones was one of those like played in vegas and had panties thrown at him kind of guys okay. kind of looked like if the uh, i don't know how it kind of had like curly almost like a well-coiffed, not a fro, but like just nice curly hair, tight, always dressed nice. He, kinda, he just looked like a crooner, like a 70s crooner. Mm. Uh, I always I always dug Tom. He's, he's cheesily fun, Tom Jones. Um, so this movie, um, John Good, 
basically David Spade talks to the people like I guess they get subpoenas and stuff or they come in for they get summons prom- problems in the kingdom and they run it past him and then he just kind of goes eh. and Eartha Kit is sitting in his throne talking to this guy about like the the crops and stuff and it is no business of mine whether your people have what was it again uh, oh <laughs> You should have thought of that before you became peasants, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and her boy toy is Patrick Warburton, who plays Kronk, and he's just a big dum-dum, but he means well. He's, he's just like a 20-something, 30-something-year-old assistant. For I think he's like be... 27, they he's say. He's beef. Yeah. Oh my god, Kronk's our age. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was so funny that he's not evil he's 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 just dumb and he's just listening he just thinks oh this is what we're supposed to be doing and just a puppy dog yeah and and she has a new one every decade or so she gets a new boy toy i guess so so. she's like god knows how old and she's decrepit i mean she's got bigger eyelashes than half the girls on tiktok right now boobs are where her final ribs should be (laughs) she got lena hyena boobs from uh who framed roger rabbit um, and then you have Wendy Malik, who is um, Chicha, Chicha, and she's got two kids, and she's the first one of the first Disney moms to be pregnant and not killed in a movie. Huh. They said it was in the trivia. It was she's one of the few parents that was ever treated with any kind of respect in a Disney film. <laughs> I love her. She just, I just need to, I need, to, I need to go clean something. She's the wife of John Goodman, who's Pacha, and he's a llama herder who. He just wants to not have his house destroyed. Literally, he just like his house is just on a nice spot on the hill and Cusco gives him his summons and he's like, guess what? I'm going to build my vacation home on the top of your house. Yeah. I'm going to wipe out your whole village for a water slide. Bye. He's got a whole model of the hill. He goes, so where on this hill would you say is the best light? Oh, time of day. Right, right about six o'clock, the the sun comes through the trees. It's at, it's probably the most beautiful place. That perfect. Hills sing. The, the hills sing. Perfect. That's where I'm going to put my new summer home. He just slams it right over. Destroys it. the model of Cusco. It's my birthday gift of to me. Petra's I'm home. so happy. <laughs> I love. He is just so vapid. He's and it's, so stupid. It's so and David Spade is one of the few people that can do that so convincingly. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, like or hate David Spade, he it that is his shtick. This character, it's just imagine a gay eighteen year old who has gotten everything he has ever wanted in life and then some. <laughs> that's just that's it. Yeah, he's kind of asexual in this. He they never they never say either way. Yeah, no, he's just kind of like a little He's too into himself. He's very limp wrist, but that's exactly he's I a think narcissist. He's, he, yeah, he's he's asexual. He just loves a number one. Yes. <laughs> so Eartha Kit ha uh use Yuzma? Yzma. 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 Sorry, I'm reading it from here. I didn't realize it was Yzma. She's kind of a magician. She makes like potions She's that turn a people. Chemist? She turns people into different animals. Yeah. Which, not explained, but who cares? She's a witch. Yeah. She's a, she's a voodoo witch. She's doctor. a secret witch. Whatever that is in the Inca. Inca I don't know. A, a medicine a woman? A priestess? I guess a med- medicine woman. Yeah, me- yeah, yeah, sure. And she wants to take over the kingdom because um, she just hates Cusco. And he just fired her. And he's just like, oh, you'll do fine. You know, we're downsizing. And let like, go. We're moving in a different direction. <laughs> so she takes um, she takes Kronk with her, and they go into her secret lab. I love the secret lab. That Pull was, the lever, Kronk. And it's like a roller coaster ride that 
First, they get bit by an alligator. Wrong lever. <laughs> well, wait. Why do we even have that lever? Oh, yeah. The lever they pull it either launches you into a crocodile pit or it takes it's you to the lab. <laughs> but he, Why did they never make this a roller coaster? Rude of them not to make a this a roller coaster. And I love they get to the bottom and they're wearing like like Dexter's lab outfits. But they're the, <laughs> no, they're not the wrong ones. That's later in the movie. What's that? that later in the movie... The sizes get switched and it's comical. Oh, yeah. Not now. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So they're down there and she's she wants to poison Cusco at dinner and just take over the kingdom. I'll turn him into a flea. A harmless little flea. And I'll put that flea in a box. And I'll put that box inside of another box. And I'll mail the box to myself. And when it arrives, <laughs> I'll smash it with a hammer. Which wouldn't work. You can't crush a flea. Really? They're very I we had fleas in our backyard and I tried to crush one once and it would not die. You have to put soap on them. Jesus. Or diatomaceous earth. They're very hard. Or cedar. They don't like cedar. <laughs> it's very weird. But that's because we had a lot of uh, stray cats and I when she said that you could just crush I'm like, "No, nah, he'd get away." Huh. <laughs> it bugged me, but I thought it was cute anyway because the animation for that scene. Oh, to save on postage, I could just poison him with this. I love that it's it doesn't look like the animation from the movie. It's almost like chalk. It's like red and black chalk drawings. It's almost. cool. It's it's like the fill in that they do at the beginning with the paint and the yeah. stencils. It was a really nice touch. This movie is just. What's it, interesting is it's artfully done. It's beautiful. It doesn't look last minute. It, it, it they, they and they move like cartoons, not realistically. They move the way, like. A Warner Brothers cartoon or a Goofy cartoon. Just very crazy movements and sight gags. My God, there's so many sight gags in this movie. Like literally every step of the way is if someone didn't get hit with an anvil, I was amazed. You know, I was waiting for Wile E. Coyote to come out at one point. And, And the movie starts off with David Spade. I love doing that narration as the llama. And this, this is me. You're and, probably wondering how I got here. And he's just sitting in the rain, freezing. And then he curls up a, a, under a dry tree, and he's still freezing. So he goes back out into the rain for some reason. He goes to sleep. I did not understand that. Oh, because you know, I, you know, when you're wet, and it's like if you get out of the water, it's you're almost cold. better to be wet. Yeah, it's like being in the pool and getting like out of the pool. If it's a warm rain, if you get out of the warm rain, you're going to be cold. Yeah, so it's like, like jumping in a pool and then getting yeah. out of a pool. You're you're warmer in the pool because you're used to it. That makes sense. Okay. There you go, plot hole fixed. <laughs> or maybe it was just because he was sad and he thought that better illustrated how sad he was because he's emo. Oh, yeah. So he's all upset and he blames John Goodman, Eartha Kitt, and Patrick Warburton for all of his problems, even though he brought all of the problems on himself. Just to be clear, he, he blames uh, pa- Pacha, Yzma, and Kronk, not the actors. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Although, in this movie, I wouldn't put it past it. Uh, yeah, to get super meta and just start naming them. Uh, Actually, you know who's really causing my problems? David Spade. <laughs> He's causing everybody's problems. <laughs> so um, you find out that um, Potch is going home and he ha- his family has lived at this house for six generations. Yeah. And he's got two kids and one on the way. They're marking their heights on the walls. And those kids. She's were, got a loose tooth. Those kids are so cute. Oh, my God. They're, they're they incredible. were. They reminded me of the kids from Encanto. Yeah. yeah. The, the the ones are always like Drinking making coffee. Making fun of her and stuff. I, I and I, I was sitting there going like, where did they get these? These kids were awesome. They were so and they quick. I mean, it was like listening to like a four year old on caffeine. How fast they were coming up with lines and playing off each other when they were doing the like 
they're laying in bed and they're they're both saying like, "No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Yeah. No, I don't. Yes, I do." I was, Holy crow. Like those kids were awesome. Were they I mean they must have given those kids lines. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure they did. I, I wouldn't I would were, were they kids? Were they children doing the voices? I think so. The article it's doesn't really get into Chacha Chaka and Tippo were their names? Tipo? Uh Tipo is definitely the boy. And I guess Chaka like makes sense with vowel sounds. It's Kellyanne Kelso and Eli Russell Lynette's. He looks like he's probably in his late twenties, early thirties, and she doesn't have a picture. Okay, so <laughs> so they may have been. No, young. that's about. They were probably kids. That's yeah. about right. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. So there you go. Good job, Disney hiring kids <laughs> to do kids. It's kind of nice. Um. All right. So where do you want to go with this, guys? I mean, okay. this is this is your jam, and you guys so, know way more about it than I do. I mean, here's what we were at the dinner scene. <laughs> we I can talk about how the dinner scene saved Kronk as a character. Oh, please! Because originally he didn't exist. It was just um, they were talking about how they would remove Pacha from the palace, and they were talking about having like some buff bodyguard. And one of the writers was riffing and talking about like, "Look at my abs. I have an APAC. I do a thousand crutches a day." And just kind of kept riffing and riffing until he was like, "The um, oh, that's Kronk. I love that character. Chris <laughs> likes him too on one of the other directors. Um, we need to keep him. And then the producers were talking about how useless as a character he was, so they didn't want to keep him. And he was begging and begging until finally they were like, fine, you have one scene. Like, if you, if you really? make us laugh on this one scene, then we'll keep him. And it was the dinner the scene. The spinach puff scene. Yeah. I'm just going to read directly. Um, this is from uh, New York Magazine Vulture back in January of 2021. They uh, published an oral history with a bunch of the creative um, crew from Emperor's New Groove about the making of. And it's a journey. Um, so this. Um, Strapping. I go home and I'm sitting there. I start with Yzma. You find a line to get you in and hopefully the rest will come. I go, is everything ready for tonight? And then I go, I think we'll start with the soup and a light salad. See how we feel after that. And I just thought, holy shit, it's all about the dinner, not the poison for him. I give it to Mark, one of the other writers. He's laughing, takes one little couplet out, gives it to Chris Williams. Chris Williams bores it. He adds a little bit at the end about dessert and coffee because, again, we're all in the same comedy mindset. A week later, we pitch it to Tom and Peter, and they're laughing. Peter Schneider goes, oh, my God, he's worried about the dinner. At the end of it, Tom Schumacher turns to me and goes, looks like you saved your character. Yeah. So like that was, that was the level they were working on was – a character could be saved if you just had a funny enough pitch for him. It was like, fuck it. That character is in the it's movie brilliant. now. Go with God. <laughs> this, literally, this sounds like the way we wrote Please Help. <laughs> it literally is how we wrote Please Help. That, like, that is so funny to me. Yeah, but that's how writer's rooms work. You, you throw, you know, you each come up with an idea and you just extrapolate on it and come up with bits and things like that. And Disney needs to start doing that again. They need to really sit down and solidify. And they... As much of a mess as you're telling me this is, it doesn't feel that way. This this is more cohesive than Frozen 2. Because Frozen 2 was a mess of producers wanting to get their hands on it too much and them trying to they they were looking at this they were they were staring at that movie. This is the opposite. This is nobody was looking at this movie I feel like until the last minute and then they yeah. were like, "Oh no." Yeah, this... no one was checking in on them. They were like, "Okay, the Emperor's New Groove people like they have their year deadline because 
Um, we have those McDonald's toys coming out, and we are <laughs> not moving it because if those toys don't get out, the McDonald's will hit us with a fine, and we're not dealing with that. So they were just let them do whatever the hell they wanted if they, they got the it movie out on time. It was literally what happened to us. It was like, <laughs> get us 5,000 subscribers. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, how about 1,000? So what's so weird is like the fact that – what was I going to say? I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, no, I had, I had – I was going somewhere with this how scatterbrained it was, but it still comes yes. together more cohesively it, than these overproduced. So it's, yeah, it's what happened at Nickelodeon in the nineties when Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy and all those came out. They just let the creatives create and they yep. never checked on them. And mm-hmm. that's why those shows with the exception of Rugrats are kind of dirty and more for adults. And Rugrats is only not like that. Cause it's a show about babies and it's, and it's probably written by people who have babies. Yeah. And that's why it feels so real and fun because they're probably thinking, what is my kid thinking? Yeah. And, and with this, that feels like that. It's just running gun, throw it at the wall, see what sticks. And it, it, you're just writing comedy and, and you're not worried about, are we going to fit a song in here? Are we going to, they got rid of the music. There's no music. I'm sitting there waiting for a song and I didn't get so one. So Sting. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sting. <laughs> Uh, was it Gordon? I forget his last name. Gordon something. I don't know. Gordon Sumner or something like that. Like, I forget his name. Uh, he has a really dorky name. Uh, <laughs> no wonder he goes by Sting. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't know if I'd go by Sting. In the 80s, I probably would. It's kind of a cool name. Hey, Sting. He doesn't look like a Sting. No, he really does. Sting looks like a biker. <laughs> but um, they just, they were nailing it every step of the way. And I love that there's no music in this. And I know you're a music person, Mel. No. I, Sam, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Are you big into musicals? Oh, I'm big. Broadway. Okay. Big okay. Broadway I just. I, I wanted, I'm reading the room. That's all. <laughs> uh, no, it's just. But not everything needs to be a yeah, musical. Not, like that's not necessary for all their Disney movies. That's what works for me with things like Lilo. We say Lilo and Stitch. I always think of Lilo Dallas. Yeah, I know you do. I know. I'm sorry. And it's one of my favorite movies. I just. I always just call it. Call it Stitch. The music in that is Elvis songs. And the only and you hear it on a it's all diegetic. It's in the room with you. It's yeah. It's not. It's not. I'm just busting into song because I'm making a sandwich and I'm feeling good about my day. And it's how I, people do music. And and I I enjoy that and I miss it. And it is nice to have every once in a while because if you're gonna do songs, do them for everybody. Like Frozen Two doesn't do like besides the 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 rock ballad. Christoph which song. even that which again isn't ruined that the plot of the it's movie it's funny but it's not their desire to keep that in literally ruined the plot of the film i mean it's not never had a friend like me no that song is hysterical and it's brilliant and it it brings every it brings me into the room and i'm not a musical guy and i think disney's been losing that a lot and when they don't have music in and they just concentrate on their animation which they just do so goddamn well at least at this time i miss that i miss that a lot and now it's just their stuff feels very soulless it feels like it feels overly produced and things like and it used it was overly produced back in the day but they hit it better not everything was a didn't not everything felt like a bottom line with them it wasn't overly produced because the, the theme with a lot of our favorite movies for is that for a long time the studio had been struggling and they yeah. were still in the struggle and they would just go for it and I feel like they've almost been doing too well for their own good these days. Yeah. People are just buying their shit no matter what. And, yeah. like, honestly, I 
I've liked a lot of the stuff they've put out recently, but a lot of the stuff, it's also getting repetitive. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's, it's all by the numbers. Everything is paint by number. They don't, I mean, who's the last Disney villain? Oh, I have to go back to what movie came out last. Um, was it still in Kanto? There is no villain in Kanto. Kanto didn't really have one. Neither did Lightyear. The grandma, I guess. Well, Lightyear, Lightyear had a villain? Lightyear, Lightyear very Spoiler, much had a villain. wasn't he the villain? Yes, but that was a villain character. Like, but, they very much made him a villain. He he I don't know. That doesn't feel like a villain. Adam, he was creepy as all hell. <laughs> I thought that was a stupid twist. I didn't see the movie, mind you. I just watched a baking of, Look, and the, they told the ending, and I was like, Oh really? No, That's no, no. what they did. Adam, mm. The themes were I didn't fed. Like it. The themes. If you watch the film, I'll watch it. The themes were fed to you with a spoon. Yeah, but they were coherent. They did make sense. Well, what other movies did they put out recently? Um, I there's is a there a bat? No Strange Worlds was there? That I no. See Strange I heard there's no it. villain in that. Um, I they just they worry about family conflict now. Well, yeah, and mental and think, illness, yeah, and yeah. which is great. But sometimes I'm watching something to escape my fucking problems. Yeah, like I can't watch Encanto on the regular because it makes every you cry. time Isabella sings her song, I start sobbing. And I know I when I could tell when we did that episode on it, you were getting like, but that that meant something to me, and I'm like, it doesn't mean it to me, you know, like, and and but I don't like you I, you but you would watch it and. It affected you. So you no, can't keep I'm going saying. back to that pain. I don't want to. Yeah. And I miss that. That's why I like Aladdin. That's why I like even the Lion King. It only really has that one scene that's rough. It and has... I didn't watch the Lion King for that reason when I was little either, actually. No, you watched it for Timon and Pumbaa. No, I didn't <laughs> watch I it. Like, oh. I just didn't. I, I Really? I, I've, when I was little, I saw the Lion King a total of maybe five times because I was just really not a fan. That was like one of the, the dad on screen. It's one of the last of the Disney boy movies. I call that Aladdin, Lilo Stitch are, the, also, are my boy movies. Like, they don't have any girl characters in it besides Nala who's not in half the film and I wasn't really into that. Lilo and Stitch is definitely just it, It's a sister no, story and no a friend story. To that film, no, there isn't. Which is I mean, he has like even the cool sur- surfer guy, the aliens, you know, Nani, David. <laughs> I feel like Disney as a <clears throat> company, no matter, excuse me, who's in charge, they will always pick up a pattern of it won't stuff will be going wrong for a while. They'll be, have one movie that's a hit. Every movie after that then has to replicate that movie to some extent yep. until that starts getting stale, and then the next cycle starts. I can't of wait till they like do hiring creative teams and trying to create more than one hit. Yeah. I the can't wait till they fix Star Wars like, and Marvel. Then <laughs> the only time I would say it was the most varied is the early two thousands when the animation department was in just a complete fuck all. And they were having and Mike fun. And Eisner hated that. And they were having fun. They, ha- they were having fun because Eisner and Katzenberg were fighting and animators were going back and forth between Disney and DreamWorks and a bunch of contract yep. wars. So, like, no actual attention was being paid to the movies. It was just, like, a fuck you to the other CEO. Yeah. No, Literally, it's... like, you actually just have to hope that the business people are being petty so that they're not micromanaging you. Mm-hmm. It's like either the higher-ups need their own petty bullshit to be dealing with or they'll be micromanaging all the creatives i they should hire somebody every corporate team should have one mole that they hire and they don't know who it is but their only job is to cause petty drama that will only affect the corporate part of the company <laughs> so much so that they leave the people doing regular work alone like there should be one reality tv mole and they could also you know what you could sell it to them like this because you could sell it to them in two ways you guys get to be famous and be on a reality show like succession 
That's so weird. Not that Succession is a reality <clears throat> show, but it's going to look like Succession. That's funny. <laughs> That's so weird. So we should nobody bite. do this. Please don't do this. I'm begging. Like, the, what I fear is that this idea will make it out in the world, and somebody will actually be like, "Yes, don't do it." Hold on. Quick aside. Do you? Th- so was I right about Sebastian? Oh yeah, no, you were. That uh, that looks stupid. Look, man, I th- I hold. I mean, firm, it, it might not be him. I hold firm that there were ways to animate a crab that wouldn't have looked so weird in CGI. But if that thing. On the puzzle image is Sebastian. That uh, you know what? Actually, though, forget Sebastian. What the hell did they do to Flounder? That I don't know if that's real. I think somebody messed with that. Okay, cool. I have a feeling that was a joke. And because I'm looking at the puzzle, and there was even the even um, who was the bird? Scuttle. 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 Even Scuttle looks weird on that puzzle, and and it's and it's a like two D like really. Bad rendering. It's just. It's Maybe just, it's just off brand. It's just. And somebody was. Just I guessing. don't know, but I am praying that's that crab, and I was right uh. all along. I just. I want Disney to fail so they ha- are forced to do better. They ha- well, that's they all. That's all I'm saying. The Lion King, and they were like, we, and everyone was like, please stop making your animals so realistic. That's not what we want from you. And if that's Sebastian, then they're just not. Listening. I mean, they already screwed up Peter Pan because they put Lost Girls in it. The whole point of Peter Pan is Wendy proves women are smarter than little boys. And she teaches them how to grow up by doing so, becoming the mother figure she never wanted to become. Yeah, I don't. And by putting Lost Girl, the, the whole point of that story was, they even say it, I think, at one point. I was watching a thing about it, and they say something like, um, all the Lost Boys fell out of their prams. How come there's no Lost Girls? Because girls are too smart to do something like that. It's actually a very feminist film. Yeah, but it's wrong. And they screw it up. Like, no, no, no. That's wrong, though, because there are girls who are stupid enough to do that. (laughs) But the point. And to erase them is not feminist. The point of the story is it's this girl's journey to growing up. I don't like that. By having to help these little boys. Learn no, that like, they're okay, messed Adam, up. What I'm telling you is that you don't need to gender this. Like, there is no reason that she can't grow up and become the mother figure by also taking care of little lost girls. I, I just, did that. I think, I just think that's, that's kind of stupid. No, though. it's not. Why? But why? Why do why that? Why not? It's not part of the story. It's, it's just another one of those things they're doing because they're like, people will talk about this. But Adam, it doesn't matter. Like, in this it, instance, it literally doesn't matter whether there are lost girls in the world. I'm boys just or telling not. you that was the original point of the story it's really you, wendy's story i'm telling you that there's no reason that this changes the theme i'm of getting wendy's yelled at by at saying girls are smarter than boys because I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it's a generalization that doesn't help anymore and legitimately this is an important part of the conversation like this isn't that's not what we want that's not what feminism is what we want is to be represented realistically yeah. and not represented by one piece in a story that could be about many different pieces because the only two girls in peter pan the way they tell the story are Tinkerbell and Wendy and like Three. what um Tiger Lily Tiger, Tiger Lily <laughs> Great. Well, they, what, she's a character they're doing, they're, they're doing they're, there there's a Native American girl I hope they give her a personality they, because I, she didn't have one I think they are like they're I mean they're making Wendy sword fighting this and she's beating up a bunch of pirates and, and doing that's, Disney yep that's it's live they, actions the guy did the Green Knight that's oh, why they're including lost girls because they're just including more representation representations of like what women and lost people and lost children can be and the whole lost girl mentality like it very much kind of falls into this this category of um 
a lot of girls who grew up to actually be non-binary identified with the idea of the lost boys when they were younger yeah. really really hard well, like, just remember uh, that's like what, a what year trope. that book was written well though. that doesn't really matter you're this so is a creative representation from now <laughs> what movie were we talking about today the emperor's new Groove. <laughs> you want to talk about emperor's new Groove? yeah we should really get back to the film <laughs> so all right we're, so we, we were at dinner we're at dinner Kronk was worried about his spinach puffs and yzma is trying to poison Cusco, and he mix up mixes up the drinks that was funny <laughs> And Cusco passes out, I think, from the drink because he chugs it. Yes. Yeah. Cusco chug, chug, finally chugs the drink. There's this whole like riff about where he's trying to signal everybody not to drink it and to throw it away in some way. And somebody throws it on a plant and it dies. Yes. And so she has to, he has to go back and mix them all together and so that he also has a little bit of poison. And so Cusco drinks it. He passes out. They think he's dead. Yeah. And he's not dead. He comes. He wakes he up. He comes back to and he is becoming a llama. <laughs> His ears are growing and she's just like, Cusco. Oh my god! And she's just the her reactions are hilarious. So they knock him out with like a frying pan or something. Yeah, uh, he hits her with the fry. He hits Cusco. Cusco hits him, right? No, Kronk hits Cusco. Yeah, Kronk hits who? Say that five times fast. Kronk hits Cusco. Kronk hits Cusco. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. It's too easy. So she says, "Well, what do we? Do? We'll just get rid of the body." And he put him in a bag. <laughs> And he's doing his own theme music the entire time, like nobody can see him. And then he freezes and he's like, You know, he had to sign a contract because he made up that song because he just ad libbed it. Oh, God. So Disney made him sign a contract so that they could own oh, that, that song. song Jesus, that's stupid. Because they were like, people could use it and then we'd lose money because money. That's, oh my God. <laughs> they are there's some money to be had. Oh my God. They cover all their bases, they the House of Mouse. They could actually, you know what? That's what they need to do. They just need to like fire some of their lawyers yeah, right. and chill out on the copyright. Yeah. Like, okay, you guys own everything. Congratulations. That means that there is no cultural way that people can be talking about things that are out and not reference your movies, films, or products. So I don't know, maybe chill out a little bit. Yeah, they just well, they just lost Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. I, like, just like, you know, don't go after on. Teeny well, Tiny. Unless he's got a red shirt on, then he's their bitch still. Yep. Ugh, that that have you seen the horror film yet? No. Oh, it I it, it I hear it's awful. I hear it's no, I absolutely mean, abominable. They just made it. I was like, could. there's like a five percent chance that like enough creativity went into this that it's actually entertaining beyond the concept of haha, it's a child's cartoon, but it's scary. It's what they keep doing with Santa Claus. How many times have you seen Santa Claus beat the hell out of someone <laughs> in the past like three years? You know what was good? <laughs> cocaine Bear. I want to see Cocaine Bear. I really want. To. I, I mean, I'll probably go see that this weekend. Um. So okay. So Kronk, Kronk is, takes him to this like overpass and throws him into the water. In a river in like this weird little like it, it. It's like it's like a lazy river. It's probably almost. an aqueduct system. Yeah, it's so funny looking, and he's just like going very slow. And then you have the angel and demon appear on his shoulder. <laughs> he's. I love. He's like Dolisahab. He's wearing a dress. <laughs> it's a robe. It's a robe. The devil a starts robe. doing push-ups, and the angel is Look what I can do. I don't really see how that makes sense. No, no. Got a good point. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I, I would listen hey, to Hey, Peter. 
I love Patrick Warburton. And finally, he's like, uh, you're on your own or something like that. I don't know. They disappear. Or, no, he's like, actually, you guys, this isn't really helping me. You're kind of distracting. They're like, all right. And they disappear. And he goes and saves the bag. And it falls. He falls. He trips over like a cat or something. And it falls down a flight of stairs and lands on Potch's cart. Yes. And then there's a million carts with a million bags and he cannot find it. And it is lost. And so he just says that he's dead. And Eartha Kitt's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Much like they pulled with Hercules. <laughs> oh, that's right. And I didn't think about that. Yeah, you know, and just not finishing your murder. Yeah, if you come back, we'll kill you. Yeah. If you're a Disney villain, finish your murder. It will be your undoing if you don't finish your Tip murder. The podcast. Finish your murder. <laughs> if that you sound- start a murder, you better finish it. That sounds like one of those really bad, like, murder podcasts. It's like, finish <laughs> your murder. That's we're a true so- crime podcast now when we're on the side of the crime. <laughs> God, we would not last long. So um, Now, here's how Jeffrey Dahmer could have done a better job. <laughs> Who did it better? Oh, this is twisted. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to get the creeps. So, um, so John Goodman gets home and he has to tell his wife that, you know, we're going to lose the house. And he does not tell her this. Very markedly, his children He's are, still in shock. His children are very cute to him. She's, yeah, he doesn't I love that, that shot of him coming over the hill, and he's so depressed. And then his kids look up at him, and it just 180s. And they're like, Daddy! Oh. And he's just so happy, and he's just hugging them. And she's like, my tooth is loose. <laughs> she, like, makes a little so cute. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And then, like, he says, like, don't tell your mom. She's like, I heard you. Mm-hmm. I love Wendy Ew, Malick. Ew, gross. They're kissing again. <laughs> I love Wendy Malick. It's like, Daddy, can we stay up? Of course you can. And then me and Mom will tell you. You're just going to have to listen to us <laughs> tell her. Tell her. I'm how just going to be telling love. your mom how much we love each other. <laughs> oh, I'm going to bed. That was so cute. And, like, you can see why he doesn't tell her also. Because he just tells her that the emperor didn't want to see him. And she gets so mad that she snorts and she has to go wash ditches. Oh, yeah. I gotta, wa- me I gotta wash something. <laughs> I gotta go wash something. That was a great line. Because sometimes Sam has too much energy and she just does the dishes. So he's outside. This is where he meets Cusco as the llama, right? Yes. And he's outside. He's freaking out that he's a llama. Talking llama! <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny scene. Ah, they're just both screaming. And he's just like, whoa, why don't you put your hand up? And he's like, what? Ah, he's got a little, like, knuckles going. It was so gross. My beautiful fingers. <laughs> Love <my> hands. <laughs> I just, the way everybody plays off each other, it's so fun. It's just, every a- moment of this movie is enjoyment. It's easier to do quotes from this movie when you're with somebody else who knows the movie because so many of the quotes are like the good quotes actually have to be dialogue. I wish I could have watched it twice. Like I was going to rewatch it before you guys got here and I just fell off. I was I was tired and I was like, I'm not going to pay attention. I love this. I kind of wish we'd rewatched it. I didn't. And because I was like, I've seen this movie so many times, <laughs> but I feel like I could quote it more accurately if I had just refreshed it. Yeah. But um, so... He says, you know, if you get me back to the castle, I'll, my palace, I'll let you keep your house, basically. Yeah. Is yes. that what happened? I'll build my Because it's, I mean, out. it's not a really deep story. It's Eartha Kitt and Patrick Warburton chasing them and getting into hijinks and them just trying to get somewhere. That's the whole movie. That really it's, is yeah. the entire movie. First, Cusco tries to go alone and he, he sees a spider getting eaten and the spider's going, help me, help me. <laughs> Which is just kind of a funny little poke at Disney for making all the animals be able to talk. 
And I love the part where he pauses the movie and he steps in and he goes, hi guys. You do know this movie's about me, right? Not him. Not him. And he's like, he's like <laughs> drawing out. everything out like John, like John Madden doing football. It's like, and then, he, he, no, it's all about this guy here, not this guy. He's so petty. <laughs> like, I, 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 I said he was gay at the beginning, not because he ever gives any reason for us to like believe he has any sort of sexuality, but just because he acts like every pe- petty gay man I have ever seen <laughs> or met. It has to be about him. If the attention is not about him, he will very politely but insistently <laughs> point out to you who the attention should be on. And also at the beginning of the movie when he's going through all the bachelors, mm. not you, not you, I hate your hair and let and me they guess, all you have, have the a same, great personality. They all have the same face. <laughs> they all. The only thing different is their hair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely genius. He's just like, so you haven't picked anyone for me? We picked all those women. Yeah, I don't like any of them. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Anyway. Listen, even if it were guys, he would probably do the same thing. He would. He'd be like, no, 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 not beefy enough. Too beefy. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what would happen. You're right. Too beefy. Get that on a t-shirt. Did you eat eat 10 dozen eggs today? They would have guessed on in the lineup. They just, Disney would do do that. Um, they always like hiding stuff. Um. So yeah, he wanders into the woods alone, and and there's back. jaguars. There's that a are squirrel. G- oh, the squirrel is hilarious. Squeaky, squeak, 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 squeaky, squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> that see, it's gags like that. That that little squirrel talking to Kronk, and then Eartha Kit creeps over his shoulder and he's just like what's he saying i was an eagle scout i'm trying to uh talk to the squirrel here he doesn't want to talk to you right now uh, can you can you give us a few feet please <laughs> she's like oh further. so sorry so sorry is this good enough a L- little further how about <laughs> now so he yeah he speaks to squirrels and i like when she whips the, the scarf around her neck and it's covered in bees or mud. These are my favorite shoes, and they just like <laughs> end up in the in the grind. These are my favorite shoes. And that was the other thing I loved was she really is a lo- she reminds like the 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 lady from the rescuers because she is a she gets messy. Yes, you know most Disney villains don't get messy. They always have like their cohorts doing it. She gets like she le- gets as messed up as Kronk does, and her plan sucks. She fails every step of the way. She's literally there for sight gags until the end. Yep. It's it's brilliant. It's absolutely it's so against the grain, and I love it because I mean the two main characters are just getting lucky that they're still alive. They really just. I mean, they get thrown off that cliff because that's what happens immediately after Pacha finally finds him in the jungle because he knows the jungle is way too dangerous for Cusco. And he swings in and like gets him with the jaguars and stuff. He, he swings in on a vine, but then they're tied to a log, and you get like ten preview moments in a row. The log scene, you guys. We're about, to go, to a, we're about to go over a huge waterfall, just... aren't we? Sharp rocks at the bottom. Oh yeah, bring it on. <laughs> my siblings and i used to do that over uh roller coasters i audibly laughed at that line like that tickled me to no end i was like just the way his face is just bring it on that's why they put it in the trailer it's just it was the very i feel like it was the very beginnings of that sense of humor yeah. that we all kind of have now yeah. that our our ancestors who went through the great depression also had that's just like very dry well this may as well happen it's that moment when wiley e. coyote goes off the cliff and he looks down and he just kind of looks at the camera like 
Yeah. Strokes his shoulders, just like, here we go again. <laughs> Same shit as always. So they're now, um, what is it? They get lost in the jungle and they get on a bridge, right? Uh, is this the yeah, bridge? No, um, yes. And then <laughs> what's his name? What's his name? Uh, John Goodman's character. Um, Pacha. Pacha falls through the bridge. And he's hanging by vines by like... And he's like, Cusco, Cusco falls through first. And then he helps Cusco and then he that, falls. Oh, that's and right. And he says, Cusco, help me. And Cusco goes, um, no, I don't think I will. Bye. <laughs> and then he steps over him with his little lava walk. And then he falls through and then they have a literal Thunderdome fight. They do. They're like they're, on bungee cords just fighting each other. They're holding on to the rocks on either side and they yell and he's like, why would you do that? I would never do that to you. And Cusco's like, yeah, but without you, I can build my little summer home. And he's like, nobody's that heartless. I am. And then they're like, they they just launch off the wall and they're just grabbing and grabbing at each other and oh. just punching each other it's just guys being dudes and just how did they fisticuffs. how'd they get back up i forget the bridge well, breaks the bridge breaks and then they're going in the canyons getting narrower and narrower and then they're back to oh back. that's right they do so they, they do the back-to-back -back thing it's just like my left, left foot or your left foot no 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 do my left i want my left <laughs> okay fine your left my right ready one two three go so they do left right until they can't reach anymore and then he's like i got it stretch your neck out I'm going to grab that vine. Yeah, this isn't uncomfortable or anything. It's a good thing you're not a big fat guy or this would be really difficult. Oh, that, I, again, the sight gags in this just, movie are so brilliant. I can almost picture David Spade and John Goodman doing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, like on SNL. It, well, just like, I mean, swap out John Goodman for Chris Farley. That's oh, basically what you're doing here. Yeah. Well, even John Goodman was on SNL so much. Oh, like, yeah. He had a relationship with But, I mean, with David, David Spade and Chris Farley were... They oh, did... Yeah, I mean, they I were mean how many too, movies I mean, together? Yeah. And they were genius. I mean, that was a couple of guys that could play off each other so perfectly, you know? Because one's just so You'll sunny. be living in a van down by the river! <laughs> Those are my favorites. <laughs> I'm doing, doing the, the dance. <laughs> Have you ever seen Tommy Boy? Yeah. Oh, damn it. I'm been so a... sorry. My dad that... made sure I'd seen Tommy Boy. That would have been a good one for you. Oh, my God. This is the problem we're going to start running into is that a lot of the movies you suggest, I'm going to be like, my dad already made sure I've seen that. <laughs> no, my dad made me watch it already. <laughs> <laughs> so they, um, they get the rope, they climb back up, and now they have a four-day journey. No, but you forgot what I forget? how they get back up, which is he grabs the rope. He pulls it, and scorpions run down his back, oh, yeah. which causes him to shove Cusco's face into a hole where he sees a bunch of bats. <laughs> the bats fly he into yells, his mouth. The bats fly into his mouth, and the propulsion of their flight propels them both upward back onto the land. But they're not safe yet, because Cusco's going to do a little, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. But then, th and then... The, the cliff is breaking away, and Pacha's going to fall, and Cusco saves Pacha. I knew you weren't like, such a bad guy. I knew. No, no one's that heartless. Yeah. And then he says, no one's that heartless. And then they realize what he said, and he's like, oh, I didn't mean it. And then Pacha's like, oh, you, you care about me. And they're like doing a little bro thing, and it's cute. And they wander off. And then what you were going to say. Oh, was like, oh, so they have a four-day trek because yes. the bridge is out, and – He's like, hmm, maybe I can convince you on the way to like not be a and jerk Cusco's and take like, my home. We'll see. You can try. Yeah. So they, they, it's just they. Then they end up at a restaurant. Yeah, like it's been a few days. This turns into like a faulty towers farce, uh, I and love it's this scene. absolutely 
that door gag. Cheese <laughs> me not like it. Oh, so they're, they're... On second thought, just make my potatoes a salad. Basically, Cusco is dressed like a woman so, so he can blend in. We're on our honeymoon. <laughs> they're just messing with her. They bring him those disgusting bull weevils or whatever. It's not even really a transphobic gag because he's not... It's not funny because he's No, a he's hiding the fact that he's a, a llama. He's a llama. <laughs> And they just had girl like girly looking stuff that they could put him in. It's great. It's great. It's the purest form of that gag. It's hilarious. And he's like, I'm, I'm not going to eat this. I'm going to go. I'm going to go get something special from the kitchen. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And he goes in there and Kronk had gone in first. So like, pit, is no, there first, anything on this menu that, okay, no. But he pisses thing, off the chef first. The important thing that's happening is they go to the diner and Kronk and Yzma are sitting at the booth right yeah. behind them, which is yes. tension. And we don't realize this yet. And Yzma picks up the menu and she goes, is there anything on this menu which is not swimming in gravy? <laughs> and Kronk says that he will go into the kitchen and check. And and he, he first, but He's first the llama goes in and pisses him off. Yes. And the chef's just getting more and more angry, stirring the stew. And then Kronk goes in and pisses him off more, ends up taking over as chef. That's it. Everybody has bright ideas. I'm just not going to do it anymore. That he packs into a little briefcase the soup he was making <laughs> and the spoons and shuts it and he leaves. And then Kronk's like, oh, I'm the chef now. And then he starts to, I need a double fried log over easy, like Indian style. <laughs> and Kronk's like. Do you want that like, grilled, fried, or baked? Okay. And Kronk is just on it. Kronk is Bob he's in Bob's Burgers. Oh, he's so quick. And so, like, they're taking him and Earth, uh, the llama and Eartha Kit are just taking turns saying what they want. And and it is one of the funniest things I in this movie. That whole scene, and it goes on forever. They really play just it out. a revolving door. When I, I was a kid, I would lay there and laugh my ass off. I would this. love to see if they. If they one film that um, recorded that separately or all at the same time, because it is so quick. I mean, it doesn't stop. That's that's what I really want a documentary on. Like, I don't care how they treated Sting. I want to be in that record. Sorry, sorry, Sting. I want to be in that recording booth. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's absolutely brilliant the way they did it. Um, and then, uh, so, like, it goes on. Finally. Uh, Cusco realizes that Kronk and Ismer are there, and he's like, oh, my God, they, they're so loyal to me. They love me. They're going to take me home. And Pacha's like, no, I heard them talking. They want to kill you. <laughs> that's and right. he's like, what? Kill me? No, that's crazy. No. Well, don't they do the menu thing where Ismer puts her menu up, and then Cusco puts Cusco his menu puts up, and then, his, and then they're just going back and forth. And then and there's forth. a bit where Kronk's like, no, nah, did I go to college with you? <laughs> Big guy. I don't know. I've been there for a few years. You might have seen me bouncing around. We're on the football team. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Being Patrick Warburton, really? Oh my God, he was great on the tick. Energy. <laughs> what? Putty. Bringing his putty energy. Just, <laughs> I love him so much. So okay, they leave, and Cusco is going to abandon Kronk because no Kronk. Yeah, no, no. Cusco's going to abandon Pacha for Kronk and Isma because <laughs> he's like, no, okay, you're not in my best interest, and I think actually you've been trying to lead me on a wild goose chase this entire time, and just because you don't want me to build my summer house, so F you, I'm out of here. But then, what, does he almost get captured? Is that where he ends up in the woods by himself in the rain? Yes! Yeah, and then that's basically... He wanders off in the rain because he, he overhears Isma and yes. Kronk plotting to kill him, mm -hmm. confirming what Pacha said, but he already told Pacha off, and he feels bad, so now he's going to cry alone in the rain and be a llama forever. <laughs> be dramatic. And that's where I that's where I get lost, like because he comes in, he goes, he's talking to his narrator self, saying, "Dude, why don't you shut up? Don't you re like?" He's kind yeah. of like having that 
It that, gets meta. That come to God moment where he's just like, oh, Honestly, wait, I've been wrong this whole time. I'm an idiot. This film probably introduced the concept of the meta narration to our whole generation. Oh, yeah. It might be why so many of us are obsessed with it, or at <laughs> least like one of the reasons. Probably. I mean, this is the closest thing Disney ever did to something like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. In terms yeah. of a of feature. Yes. I mean, they used to do it with like like with Goofy and Pluto and all that stuff. But that was so far, like they don't in the use early... cartoon logic in their cartoons most of the time. No, they they don't. They they go too serious, which you which don't is realize fine. until you watch a movie like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Shout out to last week's episode. Oh yeah, and you realize that like most Disney characters today wouldn't fit in in a place like that. No. Most of them would would be more like Jessica Rabbit, and the movie wouldn't work. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't have like the pain and panics anymore. You don't. Ugh, you don't have those. There, it's either like a really cute little lizard that's on fire, and or a snowman. And I'm like, hey. once again, <laughs> once again, pain and panic. If they are not a in the Hercules movie, I will riot. And B, they will be John Mulaney and Nick Kroll in those roles. That's probably who they're going to cast. I look or Andy Samberg. I will pay so much money if that is what they do. Yeah, it'll... I'll give them extra money. I don't care. I'm not going to do that. That's a oh, lie. hello. I don't do CGI like you just have them in just like have them in suits. And purple and green suits. <laughs> I want to see oh. John Mulaney fall down the stairs. It's going to look like, like, like I mean, Nick Kroll isn't like stout, but he's shorter. They're shaped like them. Yeah. <laughs> they John really Mulaney's are. Like tall, if you cartoonified yeah. them, that is what they would. If you okay, if you wanted to take John Mulaney and Nick Kroll and turn them into little gremlins, that is how you. Would draw them. Pain wouldn't be quite as chunky. He'd probably be stockier, but there wouldn't be that much of a difference otherwise. <laughs> Who do you think they're going to get to play the James Woods role? I really don't know. I really, really don't. Ha- and I'm concerned. And this whole movie, ha- that whole movie has to be comedians. Like the whole it movie has to be good. Have to be comedians. Even Hercules has to be like a Chris Evans type who can do com- like he's got to be cute. So again, we've created <laughs> more more padding for us in case we skip a week. Oh my god! Just- I think we've talked about. Emperor's new groove for maybe a half hour. We're at 120, an hour and 21 minutes. We have two outtakes in case I am home and we don't have enough recordings exactly. done by the end of March. So, All right. So let's get back into the movie. Yeah. I can edit all this around. Ugh. I, she's looking at me like, he's becoming a bigger dick every two minutes. <laughs> I feel so bad. Sam's like that. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm. My brain is. This like, is how we ended up with the podcast: was having these discussions at in work. the office. LJ would be like, "Jesus, you guys should say this into a mic." <laughs> it's like Frank with D and Dennis. <laughs> this is what it was like in my house growing up, Sam. This was just what talking. You know, to they have a podcast now, right? Siblings, what? Oh no, I did hear that. I did yeah, hear it's that. on YouTube all the time. It's great. That's great. It's really funny. <laughs> um, all right, let's get in the movie. So, so they, they, where, we're, where we? we've circled back to the beginning where Cusco's alone in the rain yeah. and he's talking to his meta self. And he's basically telling himself, this is your fault. Yeah. You're an idiot. And so eventually through that speech, he goes and he climbs back up the mountain where like back up to the, where the broken bridge was. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And he finds Pacha sitting with all the sheep and our, oh, all, the the, all the llamas. And he's talking. Well, he's eating grass because he's starving. Uh, he's, and he that's he right. finally gives in to being a llama and he's just like. He's like got like dirt all over his tongue. It's disgusting. It's horrifying. And then he hears Pacha talking to the llamas, and he's like, "I don't know. I think deep down there's still some good inside of him." <laughs> that was cute. And then you see the llamas part, and he's just like, "Ain't that right?" He just kind of looks at him like, you... and they give each other a hug. <laughs> it's sweet. This was a bromance movie. Now, it, I'm trying to remember. They go now. They make it back to the 
No, no. The um, Eartha Kit and Kronk go to the house. Yes. Yes. To, and to Wendy Malick's house. Stalls. And they're messing with them so... Because they're about to go to Pacha's house for a different reason. And then they run into these old people. They're like, your relatives just stopped by. You know, a man and a woman who looked like death. Like worse worse than anybody you've ever seen? Yeah, that about describes them. <laughs> worse than anyone you've seen in your life. When they show her in the tent and Kronk sees her without the wig for the first time, he's like... <gasps> and she has the face oh cream and the cucumbers Make it eyes. quick. This better be good. <laughs> oh, my God. But I love that scene with the kids and Wendy Malick messing with them. And they lock him in the closet and they literally do the eyeball in the dark joke. Unlock the door and we'll burn your house to the ground. Don't you mean or? Fine. Unlock the door or oh. we'll burn your house to the ground. <laughs> well, which is it? That feels like a pretty crucial conjunction. <laughs> crucial conjunction. I love it. That's how I talked when I was eight. Oh, it's absolutely adorable. What were you saying, Sam? It's like a cartoon and cut on top of a cartoon moment because it's the eyes going in the dark and then they get like a weird like red yellow color in anger. Yeah, it's it, I love little those little touches. It's just and you find out the oh. mom's in on it, which is great. And she's good at it. Like she she's like, oh like, no, that's why they're like this. We'll take care of it. Don't worry. We've dealt with salesmen before, probably <laughs> and shit like that. Oh my god, you're right. And so finally, they're like one, two. Three, and then when they, they go to break the door down, and they unlock it, and they just run through down the hill. And it's worth mentioning that before this happens, uh, what's his name? Kronk is just jumping rope with the kids. That is one of my faves. It's like, what, what was the thing they were saying? Well, we're doing double dutch. Give me a minute. It'll be time to switch. No, but what were they? He, he, they were saying, like, um, what was the rhyme they were saying? Oh. 99 monkeys jumping Jump on the bed. bed. One, One fell, fell off and, and bumped his head. I got 96 more monkeys to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. And then he, if you watch how they animate his feet. It's so intricate. It's just like tap, 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 tap. And I was like trying to figure out how to do it in real life. It's like impossible. He's going so fast. And then he tells the little girl to get out of the way. Eartha Kit jumps in. One of the ropes, I think, is going by itself at this point because the little girl is on the other side of the room. And then he's and then he's like, this is my version of Double Dutch. And he's using bo- he's moving both. He goes, and then eventually we're all going to switch. It's going to be great. It's the best. It's so awesome. Oh, my God. I have 96 monkeys to go. Can you see why I suggested this after Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Holy shit. I just, I didn't stop laughing at this. And I didn't see any of it coming because it's so, it's, and it's not disjointed. It's just gag after gag after gag. I love when she runs down the hill and then she's covered in honeys and then she's covered in bees and then she's covered in feathers and then she looks like a chicken and then she gets hung on a string and she's a pinata and the children beat her with bats. Like, okay, kids. One, two, two three. three. <laughs> Why is this happening? <laughs> Crunk! <laughs> oh, this goddamn movie. So they get back to the palace, so they right? they use that as a distraction, and he, like, he gives his wife a kiss goodbye real quick, and they run to the palace, and she's like, that's the emperor? I love when they arrive at first, and she hits him with a frying pan. Yeah. And she's like, oh, crazy llama, and he's like, no, that's that's him. And she's like, oh, whoops. Well, he deserved that. And then, okay, so they run back to the palace. They make it there. They're going through the things, and then Yzma and Kronk are there, and they're like, how'd you make it there before us? Uh, that How did we, Kronk? That was a brilliant scene where they're chasing each other and they do the dots on the map, the dotted lines on the map yes. like Indiana Jones. <laughs> and they look down. She's on Kronk's back. She looks down and they both look at each other. Then they look at the camera. They look back at the road and the line from the map is on the road. <laughs> and they're literally. F- and, keep going. and they're just like, I don't know. Whatever. And they just keep going. And then they show the map. Oh, yeah. 
There's no way we would have got back in time. How did we crunk? I don't know. By all accounts, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, so they do the, uh, what was it? Cusco and Pacha do the, the little roller coaster ride. They do the whole joke. And they, they get the wrong outfits on because it could have been. And the, the callback jokes with the alligator. He's just like, why do they even have this leather? <laughs> And Kronk is wearing Yzma's outfit. No, Pacha's wearing Yzma's outfit, outfit and um, Cusco's wearing Kronk's outfit. <laughs> they, like, barely fit. They just take them off. And, and there's a whole thing where they spill the cabinet of vials, and he's like, which one? Oh, God, oh, no. Take them all. And then Yzma's like, but I bet you weren't expecting this. And she goes to pull up her dress, and they're like, oh, no, no, oh, no. please, no. And she has a knife, and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, thank God. Yzma says something, and then she says something really cruel to Kronk, and he's like, you didn't mean that. And she's like, and another oh, thing, the spin- I, I hate never liked your spinach puffs. <gasps> never! Oh, that's too far. And the angel and devil appear on his shoulder again, and they're like, oh, God, buddy, that's one too far. <laughs> she's going down. And they're like, yeah, guys, but how? And they're like, forgiveness comes from above. And the angel goes, oh, that'll work. And he cuts the chandelier down, but because Yzma is so skinny, the center just goes around her, she's unaffected. <laughs> Yeah, that should have worked. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you'd better hurry. I'm expecting <clears throat> company. And she pulls a lever and all the masked men come out. But then there's this, what happens? There's what all happens the guards next? come out. And then they run and they end up, that's when they start like taking all the different vials. They just keep that throwing vials work. in his mouth. That one doesn't work. You're a fish. You're an octopus. <laughs> Man, I really hope you turn into some kind of a bird. And he's like a little <laughs> tiny, like sp- a robin or something. He's just like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> and then at some point, they turn... Th- all of the guards also get hit with the potions and they change. And the one guy goes, um, I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home? Yes. You're excused. Anyone else? No, we're good. We're good. I will quote that whenever I want to leave a They're situation. They're so fired up to be animals is the f- cutest cat. All right, man. Nobody lives forever. <laughs> He's just the, the, like the little octopus running down the street. The stairs. octopus had a great time. He's like, look how many weapons I can grab. <laughs> I became a palace guard just for this. So then it becomes comes one of those you know like they're hanging off a cl- that the uh, end of the 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 palace i guess they just shoved every suspense mechanism into this that they possibly Well they come could. out of the aqueduct to the no- waterfall and comes out whale. of the no- it comes out of the nose of like the shrine it looks like the nose is running and then she pops out and she's wrapped up in her scarf and she looks like a hanging booger oh and then she tries <laughs> to climb back up the side and there's the sound effect it's a very funny image and then there's what is there? One last vial. They throw the vial at her and she turns into a cat. She turns into a kitten, yeah. And then she falls and you think that she is falling to her <laughs> death. But she No, then there's a tra- trampoline. There's I a told you, salesman. we didn't order any trampolines. Well, you should have told me that before I set it up, pal. And she goes launching up in the air. <laughs> grabs the vial, goes past him, and then... Because think... the last vial, which has to be the human vial, yeah, has one... now fallen off the cliff while they were trying to get it. Yeah. And then Potch is hanging off. And, no, the vial ends up over. How, how does she get taken out? She gets, she gets, she falls. She can't get the vial open because she's got kitten hands. She's got kitten yeah. hands. Yes. <laughs> okay, the vial falls. She has kitten hands. She can't get it open. She throws it. It hits her in the eye. They both fall down. She's falling. The vial is hanging precariously. Potch is hanging. They try to do it using the climb thing with the mm-hmm. necks again, but he's like almost got it, and then he knocks it sideways, and it falls down, but she's on the way back up from the trampoline, and she's going, ah, and then she catches it, and she's That's like, what... <laughs> And then she, like, drinks, and she's like, I'm not going to drop it. I'm going to drink it. And then when I turn back into my beautiful self, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) 
sorry, that was really loud. <laughs> you went for it. Oh, don't worry. I, you can't. I can't get that high without putting <laughs> that much loudness behind it. Hello, darling. Um. So yeah. <laughs> Sam's just sitting here like, oh my god. She's about to. She's about to open it. <laughs> And then Krog finally finds the exit, and he opens the other eye, and he just slap smacks it into her face, and they wow. catch the vial. Who knew this door would lead to this? <laughs> and so she's like, fuck you, this is how we're ending this. <laughs> so they have the vial, and he's like, all right, see you on the other side, buddy. He's like, well, let me open that for you, because I have hands. And then he gets turned back to normal. He turns he back sa- into a human. He saves Kronk, turns back, uh, saves Pacha, Pacha and then... Turns back into normal and... And then we cut scene to, like, later in the year or something and Pacha's... Or later in the day and Pacha's come by to, like, give him a hug after he's he's said sorry to the old man he threw out the window. Oh, that's great. That's not the first time I've been thrown out a window. I and like it won't him. be the last. I like him. You're a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they um, he says, you know, I really don't like the light. I, I went to your house. The light sucks Listen, there. Listen, man. We walked all over those hills. And you know what? I didn't hear any singing. <laughs> you know, I might have heard some singing on the hill next to us. That'll work. And then it cuts to the next summer, and he built his beach house right next door, and everyone's using the water slide, having a great a time. Oh. The baby's in the papoose. Yeah. And then what happens to Kronk and the and she's still a kitten? She's still a kitten, and Kronk is teaching his little uh, squeak squeaker. That's right. She's in, right. She's in a little uh, Cub Scout uniform, too. He's like, you got to get involved in this or what? <laughs> have you seen... My acorn. Did you take my acorn? Squeak, squeak. Squeaker, squeak, squeak, squeaking. Squeaking. <laughs> and then that's the last line of the movie. And then squeaking. the movie ends. That movie, and then you have a really bad sting song. Yeah. That which matches. doesn't fit in at all. None of the, the mood of this movie. put in there because Sting was It might as well be always in your heart. Down. It's. It's like no when sense. you end the Grinch and all of a sudden they, the, the Jim Carrey one and Sync comes in going, I don't know when we fell apart. And it's like, what the hell is this? Oh, God. I didn't even. I, I don't think I ever got to the end of the Grinch. <laughs> I love that movie. I don't. I don't. I, I quote that movie as much as I quote this one. I'm an OG Grinch man. Myself. Came out the same year. Uh, what? 2000. All of as this. The Jim Carrey. Oh, I was like, yeah. think about the same year as the cartoon. <laughs> That's madness. All right. So I guess we got to rate this thing. Oh my god, we do! We didn't rate this puppy. Yes, we do. Okay. Let's go. All right. Uh, so you go first, Mel, because you suggested it. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Emperor's New Groove is one of those 11 films for me. Okay. It it was rewatched so much when I was a kid that I don't think I could give it any ranking, but I don't remember it not being out. I remember there being trailers for it to no end, and then it just existed. I remember the trailers, probably because they premiered before things I watched on VHS, so that makes sense, actually. But yeah, I don't remember it coming out. It just always existed. And everybody in my family quoted it all the time. Oh, wow. What do you think, Sam? Uh, what is the scale again? 1 to 11. One to 11. One to, it's really 1 to 10. And 11 is for... Is like a fave. Like, this is one of your top this is on, this is This movie is part of my personality. <laughs> yeah. Probably a 10 out of 10. Almost an 11 out of 10. It's just... Yeah, so much of this movie just shaped my sense of humor. There you go. My love for comedy and sight gags <laughs> and all that stuff. And it's good that it's coming off the Pooh Frame Roger Rabbit because a lot of the comedy in this it's similar. It feels, feels like that, which is not like a lot of Disney movies. It really is more Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> funny that we've seen like the only two disney movies to embrace that sort of and it's because it was just guys in a room being goofy like that's it (laughs) racing around on their little desk chairs but yeah 
I am going to give this a nine. Yes. Very nice. I'd go 10, but it, 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 it doesn't have the nostalgia that you guys have. Understandable. It has everything I want in a kid's film without being cloyingly stupid. Like, yeah. like Despicable Me tries to do this, but they're trying to do this. They weren't trying to do this. This was natural for them. Yeah, that's... This that's, just happened, really and they were good at just it. Just the magic of throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. I, I like We the, don't have time to, like, get into the nitty-gritty <laughs> details. Like, does it work? Are you yeah. laughing? Does it, like, cohesively-ish fit into the story? Okay, yeah. good. Move on. You know what? Honestly, I think that that is how writers, at least if you're writing comedies, I think that that is peak writer function, mm -hmm. and I think that that scares a lot of executives, because they look Ooh. at it, and they see chaos, and they don't think any Anything is happening and they don't understand that their brains literally don't work the same way yeah. yes if you looked at this in a boardroom it would be succession happening <laughs> it would be because everything has fallen apart yeah. when you see this in a writing room or an animator's room that means everything is going exactly the way it should be and you shouldn't panic leave yeah. it alone i like i said i'm giving this a nine it was refreshing the word for it is refreshing, yep. <laughs> especially the fact that it came from the house of mouse. Yeah. Because I was expecting, I was expecting to like it. Cause I like I said, I liked the vibe of the cartoon show and I liked the vibe of all the actors. What Which I was saw such a knockoff. Like I, it was, yeah. it was not even close to the quality of no, this. No, of course not. It's it wasn't not even be. as good as like the little mermaid was cartoon com com cartoon was compared to like the original show. But I, I love what they did here. Disney doesn't do this enough. They never take chances like this. And I don't even think they knew they were taking a chance. Oh, no. There was just. Well, they knew, but they mommy, didn't have any control. Over mommy it. wasn't home to watch what the kids were making. And yep. they made gold. Yep. And this movie is probably in my top five favorite Disney movies right now. Like just nice. in terms of what I hunger for one of those movies is comedy, good sidekicks, a funny or a dastardly villain that you can glom onto and just tight, fun writing. And it's not even like, and the fact that you tell me this was such a clusterfuck amazes me because I don't see any of it on screen. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I almost think it got rid of all the chuffa and the garbage. Yes. Like the yeah. sting stuff would have dragged this down you would have had some moment where the llama's just staring up at the sky and having an epiphany while Sting is just singing this beautiful song. And don't, you're like, don't, don't give them the time to take themselves too seriously. No, it's just a fun kids film that your parents can watch and go, I like this too. It's not talking down to anyone. Mm -hmm. If anything, this thing is, it's, high stupid comedy you know what we need out of our <laughs> villains again and i think we're circling back around to a time where it's like you know what it's important to teach children to watch for this just the malignantly stupid like guy with a lot of power yeah just a really really big dumb yeah. guy that you love to hate like i know there's a lot of it in the world right now which i feel like is why actual people who write stories are shying away mm -hmm. from doing it but that's why you put it in the kids i mean movie. if you took kuzgo's character and made him the bad guy like literally didn't give him a story arc. Like he's just he's just there to be a bratty little king. Mm -hmm. That would have been just as interesting. That's a good villain too. Like in a different movie, yeah. Cusco would have been a good villain. Yeah, I mean, and and because you you would like him, but you you would hate what he is, but you just 
like what his vibe is because you're just like he's fun to watch yeah i like look okay disney doing the stories where family trauma or, or trauma of any kind was the villain was brilliant and important especially for our generation and i'm glad that they did it mm. and are continuing to do it but that's you know what we can have movies that aren't about that yes because you know what after i heard that that was also what strange world was about i was like okay 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 okay, okay enough oh yeah we don't need to ki- they got, got everything it. down to a handicapped dog in that movie. We are all very, <laughs> There's very a dog with three legs. <laughs> about the way our families treated us growing up. Yeah. If this is every movie that Disney's going to put out, I'm going to start getting tired. I'm not going to the. I'm not going to a Disney film for therapy. I'm going there to. Well, be, sometimes I am. But you're going there to be entertained first. If you get a great message from it along the way, that's awesome. Which is why I didn't want to complain about it when Encanto did it. Because the, by the time Encanto did it, okay, yes, this is starting to get a little repetitive. Yeah. You're starting to spoon feed it to me. But you know what? You did it yeah. gracefully and the rest of the movie was a spectacle and really, really good. And the music was good. So I'm going to look past it. <laughs> I haven't seen Strange World. I haven't so seen I it either. Need... I, I hear it's one of the worst things they've ever done. It's it's And they spent way too much money on it and I've, didn't know how to market it. I've heard that it, it's getting more hate than it needed. I'm betting yes, the yes, Atlantis is effect is going to happen with it. I think a lot of people may, way later are going to look at it as a standalone and be like, oh, oh my God, this is amazing. What happened to it? What happened to it was Disney didn't put it out at the right time or with the right marketing in place. That and a lot of the anti-woke people just trashed it before it had a chance to even get traction, which is unfair. I mean... I do it sometimes myself when I'm just like, I don't like the direction they're going with a lot of their modern. But that's that's marketing's fault, too, because the marketing is doing that on purpose. It's like we were discussing before. They want those fights to happen. And they need to stop because they used to be the happiest place on Earth. And it's not now it's like every other customer hates each other. Next week, Mel had the idea of doing kind of comedy, but not comedy movies. More comedy shows, stand-up type because stuff. Adam and I will quote stand-up to each other all the time. And the problem is we often haven't seen the stand-up that the other one is quoting. Yeah, that's the problem. And at this point, we know so much about each other's movie taste that it's beginning to feel silly that we don't know these references. For yeah. example, I just found out the other day that Adam hasn't seen most of John Mulaney's catalog. Yeah. Which is shocking to me, but not what I'm going to be suggesting to him. So, <laughs> So I decided to pick... Um, something from my childhood. It came out, I believe, in 1981. So this is an old... I was two when this came out, but I saw it years later on tape. Cool. VHS. I love as a VHS. Like to call it. And it was called The Pee Wee Herman Show. And what this was, this was before... This was when Pee Wee Herman, I believe he was in The Growlings, which is a comedy troupe. The Groundlings? Groundlings, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know that. I know. I just kind of stepped on my tongue. Yeah, I, I said Groundlings. Like, I thought you were telling me about a new comedy no, troupe. No, I, I just called the Growlings. No, my tongue just didn't work for a second. Groundlings. And this is a show that he did. It's very similar to Pee Wee's Playhouse, which was his children's show. Yeah. But this was, this is the adult version of that. This is what put Pee Wee on the map. Like when Mu- the Muppets tried to do sex and violence. Sure. I don't even know about that. We watched the Defunct Land documentary <laughs> oh. <laughs> recently. They tried to do a Muppet show where they cursed and stuff, and it didn't work at all. Well, this was before Pee Wee was a thing. He wasn't. Oh. He wasn't. Like, I think he did a bit on SNL, and that was about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't do it. There we go. <laughs> My Aunt Kathy does it. It's uncanny. 
You always tell me about her. She because Aunt Kathy was you would you're probably close to the same age. You like a lot of the same movies. Yeah. She was obsessed with Pee Wee's Big Adventure, yep. Great Adventure when she was little. My dad has stories of her making them rewind the VHS to watch the Large Marge scene. We used to pause that again. that scene right on that face because he was like, a, yeah. Ugh. If she actually found a way to do so much with her face in two seconds that she did a pretty uncanny impression of the large Marge scene, which like, if you haven't seen it, it's incre- It's insane CGI and nobody could ever do it. It's not CGI. That's it's claymation. Oh my God. That is stop motion claymation. It's okay. It's insane claymation. No human face could ever do it. But the fact that Aunt Kathy even gets <laughs> you to understand what she's going for, very talented. She's the most talented comedian in my family. I mean, it kind of <laughs> looks like when she turns a lot, it almost looks like the shrunken head guy from Beetlejuice. Yeah. Why? Because Tim Burton directed that movie. Oh yes, he did. <laughs> so that, and Dutch. that gave Burton his start. Danny Elfman and music. That, Burton yeah, directed it. That too. Yeah, I mean that gave this show that I'm going to show you really launched Pee-wee into the ethos of just who that character is going to be, and it helped make Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which helped make the TV show. Lawrence Fishburne's on the cart on on the TV version of this. Who's the, Lawrence the, Fishburne? Lawrence Fishburne, you ever see The Matrix? Yeah. You, you remember Morpheus? Yes. That guy. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew the name. I'm really bad at connecting names and faces. He's the granddad on Blackish. Yep. yep. Bad at connecting names and faces. And I think he just produced the Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl on uh, on Disney Plus. In my head, he's that guy, and yeah. I can picture his face, but I don't put anyone's names with their faces. So, I mean, he played a character on the kids' show at one point. I mean, it really was. Pee-wee had a very strange career, adult movie theater shenanigans aside, which we'll get into. But I think I thought that I like I know that story, and it still strikes me as so stupid. But anyway. it is stupid. It's very stupid. But it was the fact that he was a kid show host. At the he time. was doing That's the all. thing that everybody was there to do, and they were just like, "We're gonna, we're gonna single you out." But the best was when he came back on MTV, and he goes, "Heard any good jokes lately?" Because <laughs> every joke is about him jerking off in a oh theater. My God. So next week on the show, we're going to do a little experiment with comedy, and I am going to show Mel the Pee Wee Herman show. Woohoo! So until next time, I have been Adamak. I've been Melanie Weir. And I've been Sam. And we just made you watch a podcast. See you next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>